It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up? Welcome to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, April 22nd. We've got a full slate of Major League Baseball ahead of us. That's what we're breaking down on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here to do that with you. And DVR, it is a full night game slate. Cubs and Pirates were supposed to be an afternoon start at Wrigley, but with rain expected all afternoon in Chicago, that game just got bumped to a 7.05 p.m. Central start. So we've got all night games, every single game on the buffet for us here as we are making our picks on best on the board. You love to see it. Uh, Friday night games at Wrigley. I mean, that's extremely rare, right? How many of those can you remember happening in your lifetime? Well, they were they were illegal uh, by like city (laughs) city ordinance until um, like four years ago, five years ago, something like that. And so and even even now with it being something they can do, they only do it like two, three times a season. Yeah, I can't remember a single Friday one happening before, yeah. so that's uh, rare air for uh, for Cubs Pirates. But I, I love Friday slates; they're <laughs> Cub, always fun. Cubs and Pirates under the lights <laughs> on Friday night—you gotta <laughs> love that. We are taking a look at uh, six different games here of the fifteen-game slate that is coming our way on Friday night. And DVR, we have a lot of uh, starting pitcher K props: two for you, one for me. So let's get things started there. Let's get things started with uh, one of your two, and you are looking to a big-name pitcher to go over his K-prop, Julio Urias, 4.5 Ks. You like him over. Let's hear the argument for why. Yeah, so Urias has the Padres. Uh, reasonably low number, 4.5 Ks yeah. is not that bad Surprise. for a guy that would be, I don't know, kind of a, a mid-range NL Cy Young candidate for some people. I mean, I, sure. I think that's a, a fair assessment of what people think of Urias. And, I, and I'm wondering if there's just some value here because of his first start of the season. He only went two innings in Colorado, didn't have any Ks in that performance. Looked fine his second time out, relatively speaking. Strike up inning guy last year, so we know he can miss plenty of bats. And I think Urias has graduated beyond the annual workload concerns label that he had throughout his first five years in the league. This is a guy that got to the big league so fast, so young, and with some arm injuries that the Dodgers had to handle him very carefully. And last year was the first full season in which you really couldn't look at his workload and see clear differences compared to his usage compared to like a veteran pitcher in the same rotation. So all of this is just me looking at Urias and saying this is a little window of early season value. The Padres, we talked about them earlier in the week, strike out 24% of the time. It's at a level where you feel pretty good about a strikeout prop. Uh, I remember we squeaked out Reaver San Martin going over uh, three and a half against the same lineup mm-hmm. earlier this week. So I got to take that little W since I had a couple L's that day. Uh, and the ask here is that a much better pitcher just gets one more strikeout in the same matchup. You still have a lot of slow starting San Diego bats in slumps. You got guys like Trent Grisham, who if they play, it's a lefty lefty matchup. Otherwise, you're mm-hmm. going to some relative unknowns off the bench. So all of this just lines up really nicely for Urias 
against the Padres. I think he I think he coasts. I think he actually gets six plus Ks tonight. So I love the line's four and a half. Yeah, I would imagine we don't see Trent Grisham. Two games against lefties earlier this week. He did not play. Jose Azucar played in his place. CJ Abrams hasn't been playing very much. I think he has one start against a lefty this season, so we'd expect to see Hassan Kim as the starting shortstop for the Padres tonight. Jake Cronenworth, Eric Hosmer, probably going to see them in there, but still a couple of key lefty bats in this Padres lineup. So you're talking about two guys who they would like to have in there if they had their druthers and Grisham and Abrams, probably not playing, and then Cronin with an Hosmer, two guys who they lean on who are going to be with a platoon disadvantage against Julio Urias. I am very surprised that it's only four and a half. I would just assume that Julio Urias gets sort of like the auto five and a half treatment because of his strikeout stuff. So surprised to see it down at four and a half pitch pitch count concerns, maybe? I mean, that could be where the line's coming from, but I just, I don't share those concerns. So I'm happy to take advantage of this opportunity. And hey, you know what? Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but uh, I'm very interested Yeah, I'm interested in that as well. One I hadn't found on my own. One I did find on my own that I am backing is Steven Matz to go over 5.5 Ks. Matz getting the start for the Cardinals against the Reds tonight. And Steven Matz has been missing bats early on this season. DVR 11 Ks in eight and two-thirds innings on this young campaign. Reds, the highest K rate through the first two-plus weeks of the season at 28.4%. That drops just a touch against lefties, but still above one-fourth of their batters, striking out against left-handed pitching. They also just have a 56 WRC plus against lefties. And so for me, this really does come down to can Matt stay in the game long enough? Can Matt you know, just stay away from walks, which is another thing he has done well so far this season? Stay away from walks. Don't really give. Don't make anything easy on this punchless Cincinnati Reds lineup. And I think that he can sail past the five and a half number. If he gets to six innings, I think he easily gets over uh, the five and a half Ks. It's really just a question of, you know, one really bad start for Matt this season, one very good start for Matt this season. If he can be that fine to good version of himself, I think we see a really good start from him where he goes over five and a half Ks. And I, I think this is going to be a theme for us, DVR, where we are when we one of the first things we do when we wake up and are thinking about betting an MLB slate is are the Reds playing? Okay, what starting pitcher are they playing, and what is his uh, what is his strikeout prop? Because this seems like a team that is going to be a weak offense that swings and miss a whole lot this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing about the Reds that's surprising me is is just that they haven't they haven't even been like the other bad offenses in the league. Their WRC plus right now as a team is fifty. 100 is average in WRC+. Plus. If you're not familiar with the metric, the next worst team, the Royals, are at 71. Usually the worst teams in the leagues are in the mid-70s range mm-hmm. in that particular metric. And they lead the league in strikeouts. So to see them this out of whack early on, it's surprising even though I didn't like the Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez trade. They you know, they went out and got Tommy Pham as part of the replacement plan. I, I get it. They're trying to save money. It shouldn't be this bad, but I think while it is this bad, that's an opportunity for you. Uh, Steven Matz is one of those guys. Like when he's good, he's really good, and I, I'm just yeah. curious uh, depth in any any given start. So yeah, if he's locating well, I think you could be really happy with that over. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen both sides of the Steven Matz coin this season. A horrible first start of the year, and then he bounces back against Milwaukee for his second start. So you know, we've seen that already play out this year. If he can just avoid that ugly start to the to uh, his outing, I think he has the pitch count in the innings to get over 
five and a half Ks. We've got one more strikeout prop coming your way today, and it is Kyle Wright of the Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright's uh, K prop sitting at five and a half, just like Matt's, where I would expect Urias to be, but so be it. We're also going over here, DVR. Let's hear it. Yeah, Kyle Wright getting the full respect now after a couple of really nice starts to begin his season. Uh, just looking from a opponent perspective, the Marlins comparable to the Padres, 23.6% K rate. So they strike out enough to take the over on something like this. You're not looking at a, a good team tempering down the whiffs. But Kyle Wright is just not the same pitcher that we've seen previously during his time in Atlanta. He's got a new breaking ball. It's a curveball. He throws it more than any other pitch. And hitters are just doing nothing with it right now. His changeup also looks a lot better. He's got added vertical and horizontal movement, and he's up nearly a tick and a half with his fastball velocity. So pretty much everything you've seen from Kyle Wright before this season is worthless to you if you're trying to analyze mm -hmm. who he actually is as a pitcher right now. He's locating everything really well. The fastballs are up. Changeups are down in the bottom of the zone. The curveball is working down and away to righties. He's gone five or more in each of his first two starts, 15 strikeouts, and just one walk in 11 innings so far. And this is a pedigree guy, an early first-round yeah. pick when Atlanta took him. So it's not a shock that he's good. He just took a, a particularly long road to get there. Um, one thing I think about the Marlins, too, is that even the the hitters that I like in this lineup, the guys that can do damage, Jess Chisholm, uh, Jorge Soler, they strike out a lot. Like They have yep. that flaw. So I, I, even if I think those guys can, can do occasional damage and, and they can score runs, I'm not worried about runs all that much I'm looking for Kyle Wright to come through and continue this early season momentum and I think this one's going to be one we look back at and say wow remember early in the year when, when Kyle Wright wasn't completely treated like an ace by most of us that was funny because he looks like an ace now yeah, you live in the zone, and you can get some Ks against this team. I mean, I mean, everyone, everyone who hits in the top five of their order, typically, you mentioned Chisholm and Soler, Cooper, Jesus Sanchez, Jesus Aguilar. These are you know twenty five percent strikeout rate or higher sort of guys. So this is um you know, this is this is a, a sort of lineup that you can definitely attack with strikeout pitchers. Obviously, El Garcia in there as well. Kyle Wright uh, looking like he can be that guy for you later this evening, DVR. I'm going to take us away from K-Props here for my second pick, and I'm going to go to Nationals and Giants. Sam Long for the Giants, Patrick Corbin for the Nats in this one. And I'm going to back the Nationals on the first five-inning money line. It is plus 105. They are slight underdogs in this game. And I actually kind of like the matchup for the Nationals here, DVR. You've got Sam Long uh, making his first start of the season, a 5.53 ERA last year. Peripherals that were a touch better, but basically suggest that he earned that 5.5 ERA that he put up a year ago. Giants in the very early going of this season, last in the majors in Woba against left-handed pitching, and that is sort of borne out by what we saw last year. They were 10 points worse against lefties than they were against righties a year ago, and that was with Buster Posey having the great final year of his career that he had. So we, we would, you know, just on paper, we would expect this team to be worse against lefties with Mike Yastrzemski, Brandon Belt, Jack Peterson, Brandon Crawford. Those are four guys who they really lean on right in the middle of their order, all left-handed bats. And that has been borne out over the early season. So even though Patrick Corbin uh, has had a, a rough go so far of it this season, and I wouldn't really want to back him, you're at least getting a lefty against this Giants lineup that is for sure going to be a lesser lineup 
against lefties. I like the way that this top half, at least, of the Nationals lineup can stack up against Sam Long. I don't want to go full game on this because that's when things could get off the rails with a just higher quality Giants team against the Nationals. But at least for the first five innings, you get at least two, maybe three Juan Soto plate appearances. You get the nice matchup against Sam Long. You get the Giants against a left-handed pitcher a couple of times through the order. I think the Nats can take advantage early in this game. Plus 105 on the first five money line. Yeah, that was one of those games I definitely was not thinking about at all. Um, I, I think the, your reasoning is fine. I have no no pushback on that. I think Patrick Corbin scares me a little. I liked yes, him for a very too. long time. He's <laughs> lost a little more velo on the fastball. It, it just comes down. He's basically a one-pitch guy. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. even, even with a team that struggles against left-handed pitching, I, I wonder if the Giants might have a good enough game plan. But it, I think the fact that it's Sammy Long going on the other side really kind of softens this quite a bit. Yeah, I was I was I was expecting to see like minus one ten on both sides of this matchup. So I, I think the the plus one hundred five and it's plus one hundred. I want to say for the full game line uh, reflects just the fact that the Giants are the better team. Um, but this is I think a matchup that the Nats can exploit on both sides. So I'm gonna go ahead and hold my nose back back Patrick Corbin to at least not be terrible and that Nats offense to get going against Sammy Long over the first few innings of this game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, DVR, wrap us up with your full game pick, the one full game pick that you were throwing out. We are taking a look to Rangers and A's. The Rangers minus 135 on the money line. A's are plus 110 on the money line. What do you like in this matchup? Well, Glenn Otto is actually making his first start of 2022 for the Rangers, and anytime I can back a pitcher who posted an ERA above nine the previous season, I'd do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the underlying numbers are actually really good for Otto. He made six starts for the Rangers a year ago. Had a 28 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio. Only allowed a couple of home runs. Like it's kind of strange that his ratios were as bad as they were, given that the underlying numbers were fine. Pitched really well at AAA for his first couple starts here in 2022 as well. Nine Ks against one walk over seven innings. A lot of this is about Adam Aller going for the A's. This is a guy that I think has very little chance of being a big league starter in the long run. He's been knocked around. He's not pitching deep into games. Um, I did look at the first five innings. The the difference was negligible. I just think this is a case where I want the extra runway because I have so little faith in the A's offense putting up runs that if it takes the Rangers extra time to get going, uh, I want to take advantage of, of Oakland's lack of bullpen depth. I want to take advantage of the team with the better lineup here. So that's why I'm leaning full game. And I mean, this is going to be a game played in front of a crowd of maybe 2,000 people. In Oakland, so you're not going to have the typical home field advantage that the A's can get, even from a crowd of like 15,000. A's fans are awesome. They 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 go, they make noise. You know they're there. They're not there. They're they're just they're not showing up right now. And I totally understand why. This is a fan base that absolutely deserves more. So one other thing I like about this, by the way, the Rangers, all the money they spent this offseason, they improved that lineup in a big way. The K mm-hmm. percentage is significantly better. Last year, they struck out 23.2% of the time as a team. To begin 2022, they're already down to 19.2%. So they put a ton of balls in play. 
Aller doesn't miss a lot of bats. You don't have a lot of high-quality relievers uh, in this Oakland bullpen. For me, it's just a case where all these things are not quite priced in as much as they should be. And maybe I actually like Glenn Otto a little bit, too. Like I'm, I'm trying to come to grips with that. I think that's the that's the other silver lining here in, in the analysis. Is that I, I think I'm a Glenn Otto truther. There you go, a Glenn Otto truth. We're uncovering all sorts of new things on Best on the Board. Gotta love that. A Glenn Otto truther for DVR and uh, Rangers salvage game three of their opening series for the week against the Mariners. Uh, down 5-2 in that game. Ended up winning it 6-5. So an impressive uh, impressive showing uh, from the Rangers in that one. Keep it rolling perhaps in their first game, the series opener against the A's. I'm going to take a look at Mets and Diamondbacks. You've got David Peterson against Zach Gallen. The Mets are minus 125 on the money line in this game, and I'm comfortable going with that, laying that price, even though you would assume on paper you've got a uh, pitching advantage for the D-backs. I just love the way the Mets are playing. I mean, that offense is really looking the part. Francisco Lindor looks like he's bouncing back in a huge way this season, already four homers and three steals. And we talk about steals so much. You and I, DVR, are so used to talking about steals from a fantasy context. Uh, that doesn't necessarily matter when we're talking about the gambling side of things. I throw it in there to say that Francisco Lindor looks like himself. He just looks like the dynamic shortstop he always was in Cleveland and who the Mets assumed they were getting when they brought him to New York. And so that really, I mean, one player like that can change the entire outlook of an offense. And then you have a lot of guys around him in that offense swinging the bats really well. And, and so Zach Gallen, you know, got his first start of the season pushed back because of the thumb issue in spring training. Looked good in his first start, four shutout innings, totally fine, uh, but maybe still not fully stretched out. So even if they have a, a rough go against Gallen uh, in this one, I find it hard to believe that we're going to see Gallen more than two times through the order, and then the Mets can take advantage. And I also don't think that's any guarantee that Gallen is going to be able to keep down an offense that is third in the league right now in Woba at 343. D-backs offense at the opposite end of the spectrum, 27th in the MLB in Woba. And David Peterson doing a good job in this Mets rotation. He's going to be in there for a while while they're dealing with all their injuries in the rotation. Eight and a third shutout innings so far. So you don't need to ask him to do too much in this one against a soft opponent. And I'm comfortable going the full game as well. I'll take that, like you said, with the Rangers. I'll take that extra runway to if Gallon does have a strong start to let the Mets start attacking the rest of that Arizona pitching staff. Minus 125 feels like a solid bet to me. Yeah, I think you're right to go full game. I mean, Zach Gallon is a, a bit of an underrated pitcher. I think we still haven't seen his absolute uh, you know, best full season. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries during his time with the D-backs. Other thing that really jumps off the page here, I mean, the Mets are second in the league in run differential, plus 30 so far this season. Diamondbacks minus 16, third from the bottom. So a huge disparity between these two teams. And you're giving up a little bit in that starting pitcher matchup, but it's not as much as you think. 15 games in Major League Baseball on this Friday night. We give you six ways to get invested in the gambling world. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.